0: This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross.
1: And I'm Aaron Granillo. And this episode marks the end of our podcast. For nearly a year, we have been following this pandemic from the earliest days when it was just considered an outbreak.
0: We have moved to a new stage in the fight to contain, mitigate, and manage this outbreak. We were here when the governor first told us to stay inside. I am issuing a stay-home order to fight this virus. This is Washington's stay-home Stay
1: healthy, order. And now, more than 310,000 COVID cases later, nearly 4,700 coronavirus deaths in our state. We reflect on a year's worth of coverage and what lessons we've learned. But before we go there, Dave, I do want to ask you about where we are right now. Vaccinations, of course, are happening. We've got more vaccines likely getting approved in the coming weeks and months. But most governors, including ours, say not fast enough.
0: And I think they're right about that. It's not going to be an effective program until the vaccine is in every corner of pharmacy, just like you get the flu vaccine. And I know that the uh, federal government's working towards that now. I'm sure the state would like to get more vaccine uh, available, but that's going to be the key. And I hope that this is uh, at least a model for what we'll do the next time a novel virus appears. We'll know what mistakes not to make. We'll make sure we have a distribution system ready and in place. One thing we have learned, though, is that whereas before it took years to get a new uh, vaccine, this time we got it done in about a year, which, as all the experts tell me, is unprecedented.
1: Yeah, that's the impressive part. Right now, the frustrating part, and I know you you know this well, Dave, because I heard you talking about it on Seattle's Morning News this morning, is the... The difficulty in finding a vaccine, I'm dealing with it with my mother and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I, I look daily on the the COVID vaccination finder website that the state has. It's impossible right now, it seems like. It's almost like a crapshoot where you kind of have to be online at the right time to even have a shot, <laughs> no pun intended, to even have a chance of, of getting that, that vaccine appointment. I'm on multiple waiting lists hoping that my... 83-year-old grandmother can finally get her first dose.
0: Yeah. I don't feel any urgency about it because I can work from home. I I worry, though, about people who can't work from home, who want to get back to work and can't get the the vaccine. Uh, But, again, one of the problems seems to be when you are trying to classify and prioritize people and say who can and can't get the vaccine, it makes it that much more difficult. I know some states have just said, look, if you're available, come get it. Here it is. No
1: paperwork. Just come get your shot. I'm hearing a lot of people already criticize the, the Biden administration for this now. Well, I, I don't want to say it's a slow vaccine rollout. I mean, our state has like a million shots given already. But um, what do you make right now of how the Biden team is, is doing? I've heard Fauci say this week that hopefully by June, everybody will be in line to get a shot.
0: Well, the numbers mean nothing unless it comes yeah. to your neighborhood, right? I hear them reciting all sorts of numbers, 10 million, 100 million, something in 100 days. But until it gets to your neighborhood, it, it doesn't benefit you. So basically, it has to be everywhere, I think, for the nation to appreciate that this represents a change from what, uh, from what happened before. All the indications are, I, I keep hearing these, these tremendous numbers and companies saying we're going to make more of this and more of that. Uh, but the other factor here is it's not just one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a couple of vaccines, of course, you have to get two, and then we had Bill Gates on last night saying, "Well, because of the way this thing is morphing, you may need three <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, so uh, that 's what let 's see if
1: we 're vaccinating everybody uh, ultimately nine hundred million yeah almost shots. a billion shots exactly <laughs> yeah. there you go okay so let's let 's look back a little bit. I, I want to know what were some of the stories or the moments that made the most impact on you over the past year of this podcast?
0: Well, I think beyond just the the novelty of having a nationwide lockdown." Uh, the way President Trump handled it, which kind of surprised me because it turned out that he brought his style of riffing at news conferences to something that's pretty serious and where you have to get it right. And the idea that he was promoting some of these strange cures live from the podium yeah. um, was very concerning, not just to me, but to uh, to a lot of people and and took away credibility that you really needed a time like this.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, it was, it was really when the remote working started and businesses began suffering. I remember this so well because I went down to South Lake Union. This is back in March when people just started working from home. And I just interviewed one of the first business owners that I saw. It was a food truck owner. And they told me that business was just dead.
2: It just kind of worries me, like, how long is this going to happen? You know, um... how
1: long can you last like this?
2: Maybe a month. You know, I mean, we had to shut down one of our trucks because we can't afford to lose so much food. And uh, kind of tell the other employees to kind of take some them off. But we don't know how long this is going to go on. Like, we just don't know.
1: Um, Let's say this stretches for over a month. I mean, right now, Amazon and all these other employers are telling people to stay at home through at least March to the end of this month. What if it stretches into April? I mean, are you having those kinds of conversations?
2: Um, We kind of did yesterday. We had to turn the news off because it was just too much. Yeah, so if it does go into April, I mean, I don't know for now <laughs> what we're going to do. So, uh, so
1: is there a real possibility that you wouldn't have to shut down if that happened?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, I think so because, you know, I mean, how long can we play? Empl- employees, you know, um, we got... House payments we got
1: rent. And you know, Dave, I actually I called April. up I know, April. How <laughs> did she na- know? How naive were yeah. we? I called up that food truck owner yesterday just uh-huh. to see how they were doing, and they're still closed. Um, wow. and they are not doing well. Oh, a lot
0: of businesses are in that situation, right? The, Who would have imagined I would I know went back when we were talking back then, I had I had no
1: idea it was gonna last as long as it has. Yeah, I mean there was this study done by or a survey done by the hospitality association back in December found more than 2,000 restaurants had permanently closed since March. I would think that number has only grown since December, but, yeah, I I just looking back on some of the earlier episodes when I was first interviewing people, and we all really thought that maybe by summer, you know, things would kind of start to open up and we'd just live with this. There's no way, there's no way that any of us thought that we would be talking about this one year later and that things would still be shut down. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: One of the big debates throughout this pandemic, of course, is what do we do with school children? And Just yesterday, Governor Inslee said the data makes it clear schools can safely reopen with precautions in place. We know that in-person instruction is the, the best way to do instruction. It's best for the teachers. It's best for the students. It's best for the parents. And we know that this can be done safely.
1: And I think we also know that remote learning has not been good for right. for our students. I mean, not just in terms of, you know, c- keeping up with uh, with what we need to, to teach our kids, but also mentally they're not doing well. Right. That seems to be the the consensus. And so
0: I think that's one of the rare areas of political agreement right now is that schools need to open up as quickly as possible. And uh, of course, part of the concern is among teachers. They're going to be exposed there. Uh getting them to trust the studies that say schools are not a particularly contagious place.
1: Yeah. I mean, other states like, I mean, look at Florida. I mean, they've been pretty much doing remote learning since fall and it's not the, the data from certain states that have reopened schools show that they aren't really environments that would lead to super spreader events right. for whatever reason, you know, young people, otherwise healthy people, don't seem to contract the virus. And for whatever reason, um, they don't spread it as much. And that's, I mean, that's good news. And that's that's one of the positive stories that came out of this. Um, Do you think we should be surprised at all by how political this whole pandemic became? I'm not surprised how political anything becomes. Everything is political these days. It's all about whether uh,
0: this is somehow yet another insidious attempt to clamp down on your freedom. I'm I'm not sure what, what powers that, besides a general distrust of government that has always been there. Heck, our country was founded out of a general distrust of government. It just—it it was very discouraging to me that of all the things that would divide us, it would be something that we all had in common, being a mm-hmm. vulnerability to this uh, virus. It, 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 one of those things that it expected a common enemy like this would bring the country together because there is obviously a right way to deal with this, and a wrong way to deal with it. The wrong way would have been to do absolutely nothing and just let this race through the population and kill what was it going to be, a million, two million people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But at the same time, we all understand that doing it right would have meant people would say, well, why do we do this? What's the problem? Nobody died. So it's, it's very difficult to win at anything that involves prevention. Sort of like global warming, right? So if we're successful and we prevent global warming, people look back and say, that was never going to happen anyway, was it? Hmm. And that's the situation you're in. Success doesn't really have a payoff in a thing like this.
1: Well, like we said at the top of the show, this will be our last formal episode, because while the pandemic is not over... The disaster portion of it at least is. And we will continue to talk about local and national COVID stories on Seattle's Morning News, of course, and on MyNorthwest.com, where we have a fantastic reporting team. We also have a newsletter that will live on. If you are not already subscribed, you can just text newsletter to 98973. We'll send you a link to sign up. That gets sent out just once a week. We will not flood your inbox and we'll also collect all the need to know coronavirus stories for you in one easy place with the focus on local Washington state news. And as long as you're here, don't forget, we have the Ross Files podcast
0: where we publish longer in-depth interviews full of all sorts of interesting behind the scenes questions that don't make it out of the news because of time considerations, of course and sometimes because we think it might be a little too dicey for the air. But it's all in the podcast. There'll be a link to the Ross Files podcast in the episode description if you'd like to subscribe. All of my coronavirus discussions will migrate there going forward, but we'll also send you a special alert right here when I talk to an expert or local politician about the pandemic.
1: And finally, if you are listening right now, just thank you. This has been a difficult time for everyone, and your support here has really, truly kept us going. We really hope you keep in touch. Again, all the information about how to follow the essence of this show elsewhere will be in the episode description. And so that's it. It's been fun meeting you
0: once a week for these episodes, Aaron.
1: It's been fun meeting you too, Dave. I'm glad I got to know you and your beard. (laughs) I'm trying to get to know my beard.